Civil rights are as relevant now as ever. Listen to the South Carolina Legacy of Courage podcast, featuring people who stood strong against oppression. The Legacy of Courage podcast explores 19th century events and then illuminates court cases, protests, and those who affected positive change in South Carolina and nationally. Visit sclegacyofcourage.com to learn about South Carolina's civil rights journey. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of the Hawks Talk Podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks Podcast, hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I'm Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan, and we're recording this about 15 minutes after the Hawks' 121-114 to win over the Milwaukee Bucks on MLK Day. But before we hop into that and all the other stuff going on in the Hawks world, Logan, how are you doing? I don't know why you sound depressed. The Hawks actually won a game for once. You sound very I don't know. Sad. I, I will say, new mic. I don't know if anybody can tell, so I was trying to like you know sound a bit more professional. But let me let me get in, let me get into a good mood. Let me get myself hyped up. Okay, get hyped up. I, okay, I, you know what? <laughs> this is a win. We finally won. I just want to say that like we haven't recorded a podcast like after we've won in so long. It has been a long time. This is it, our first home win since November, Logan. Since before Thanksgiving. Oh Lord. Yeah, it's bad, but. It was a good win. They they came from behind. They were good. They were the better team in the fourth quarter. When's the last time that happened? Um, our boy Anyeka, he showed up. We've called. Can him we the, say it? Can we say it? We've called him the Giannis stopper before. He's that guy. He is that guy. I mean, Giannis is still. He still put up good stats because he's Giannis. But Anyeka is him. I don't know how else to put it. Giannis is going to be seeing. I'm going to say it, our guy Nicky O. All right, we've been we've been we've been calling that him him as his nickname for a while. Our guy Nicky O, Giannis has seen the guy in his dreams. Every time they match up, it's like, oh my gosh! Like a Congo just goes in the depoy mode every time he's on the court with Giannis, and it's so awesome. And can we talk about Hunter today? Oh my gosh, I'm terrible to, to talk about that more. But a Congo and Hunter are like somebody tweeted this out. I forgot who on Twitter. They're like those are the perfect guys to have on like a tre- a team built around Trey Young. 100% facts. There's nothing about it. Those two are like the ideal guys to have around Trey. Like solid, consistent, defensively, like very good guys. Like, you know, Cam Reddish, obviously, that era is over. Oh, I, I, want, he, I want to talk a little bit more about Cam Reddish. But he, we can talk Cam about this was the before. lottery ticket, but Hunter and Okongu, those were the guys where Schlenk was like, yo, like we're building a team around you, Trey. Like these are your guys. Like I've seen what you can do. I'm going to get you guys who are great. I, I, who are a great fit with you. I, I didn't love the Congo pick when it happened, um, mostly because we had Capella and John. Um, of course, in retrospect, also we could have taken Halliburton. Halliburton would have also been a great addition to this team. But it's very it's very clear that Onyeka is the center of the future. He is, he's got some kinks to work out. Um, he's obviously not offensively a star or anything, but everyone in the world sees the potential. The Harlan in... Um, I always forget his name. The commentators on the game, because it was nationally televised, they 
they recognized Kongu's potential. And they probably had to look up what his name was beforehand and how to pronounce it. So Okongu is that guy. It's really exciting to see. Also exciting to know that we can relatively comfortably dump Capella this offseason. You're going to want to get a, a you know a seven-foot backup center type because Okongu is undersized. But he's that guy. And, and if his offense progresses, develops a little bit uh, better free throw shooting, a little bit of a mid-range, Shevsky, he's going to be a freaking player, man. And like you said, Hunter, again, he wasn't like sniping. He didn't shoot like 70% from the field. But one, he hit the dagger, a, a very sweet little teardrop off the high glass to really just seal the win. And he just does what you need him to do, man. He's He is a very prototypical wing. If he can stay healthy and continue to get a little bit better, he's the ideal perfect guy to have next to Trey. So... Those are the ultimate uh, high points of this game. It's just really nice when you see the young players contribute to a win, you know, and not have empty good stats like Cam Reddish. <laughs> oh, geez. Wow. You're just, you know, we're going after him. That, that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary. But no, um, look, it, it was a... a very feel good win. I don't know how else to put it. it. Just felt good. This was a great win for us, too. Like, I honestly came in today. I'm like, okay, cool. Of course, you know, they put us on MLK Day. All right, as always, Atlanta should always play MLK Day. National Televised, too. One year, it was a couple of years ago, we put an MLK Day on NBA TV. That was disgraceful that to was everybody. Disgraceful. This year, they're like, TNT. I'm like, okay, cool. I forgot who we played. I checked the I checked the schedule. I'm like, oh, we got the Bucks on MLK Day. Primetime TV, 6 p.m. This is dinnertime TV, Logan. It was dinnertime And TV. I'm like, we're going to get stomped. And we did it. Like, we won. Like, we played very well today. I will say, ever since, uh, you know, Cam got traded, we've played three games now. In two of those three games, we've, like, legitimately looked like we did last year. The only one we didn't was in, against the Knicks. Like, we were awful against the Knicks. I'm, I'll say that. But against the Heat, you know, that game that we lost, like, basically in, like, the last two minutes, I would say. And today versus the Bucks, we legitimately looked like last year's team. I, I hate that I say it. I'm all the way back in. I tweeted this out, Logan. I'm all the way back in. I think I'm we're a, making the playoffs. I'm, I'm a, all the way back in. <laughs> I'm not going that far, but they've they've looked better, um, which is nice. And I'm not gonna draw some crazy comparisons. I'm not gonna say Cam is addition by subtraction or anything, but that is true. However, they're starting to yeah. I mean, based off the numbers, off the off the net ratings, it's objectively true. But they're starting to wake up a little bit, and hopefully today they're like, oh crap, it actually feels nice to win um, and try. I will say, prob- was- I will say, probably having no bogey was legitimately addition by subtraction. Yeah, no, bogey's legitimately he's cooked. We'll probably we need a segment on bogey. We'll do that this episode. Anyways, I just want to say it. There's been a lot of stuff, a lot of allegations. Nate McMillan has beat at the very least. He has beaten the he's losing the locker room allegations after his technical foul. The Hawks would go on to score Milwaukee sixty two to forty five. Logan, these guys they're showing up. They're running through a wall. They're playing for their head coach. At the very least, he, he now there's also other things against Nate McMillan. You know, people are calling into his coaching ability and other things, rotations, uh, schematics. But, God damn it, this, these boys are playing for their coach, Logan. Honestly, so these last couple of games, ever since the Reddish trade, they, they showed some impressive stuff against the Heat. They just blew it at the end, frankly, which... Happens when you have a bad team, because let's or you know we've been a bad team so far. But I mean, look, McMillan is a good coach; he always has been. I'm not saying he's like you know flip the switch; he's all good, like everything's good again. But just you know, an exhale of a win. Just thank God, like thank God. There's no other way to put it. I'm sure every single person at locker room is 
exhaling right now, and I'm probably just about every fan is too. But we, it, it was a much needed win. Technically, our, our two most important wins this year have both been against the Bucks because we we beat the Bucks to end the losing streak early on in the season, if you remember. Yeah, no, I just want to say you had like a very good tweet, like on to your point, continuing on um, your tweet where you were like, I, I'm proud we're playing better. We got to win this. I was like 100 set like you got to win this for morale, man. And that's what they did. Like, hey, I, I'm not gonna lie. We went down by 10 during the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, at least we tried. Like, you know, at least the efforts there were looking better. Things are getting back to normal. And then we won, Logan, like. We played a good fourth quarter. How many times have we said that this year? Like, I'm pretty Fair sure you could count it on one hand. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's they. Th- that was the first Bucks loss I think this year when they um were leading going into the fourth. Um, it, it felt like the first time we didn't blow lead in the fourth this year. So it, it was just a good game. Um, early on, the offense really couldn't get anything going, but they stuck with it. They didn't, you know. <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> There's been a few times this year where, like, frankly, they get off to a bad start and then they just can't recover. Today, they they just they weren't little babies. They, they stuck with it. They didn't give up. John Collins, frankly, had a tough game, and, and they were able to sort of adjust. Um, guys like a Kongu Hunter, they stepped up. Gallo, Gallo played a good game, man. Look, he, he, did, he does Gallo things. He scores. And he's a turnstile. That's Gallo, baby. That's that's my guy. So it was just a good game. It, it was good to see some some good feeling. You know, it was just nice to not lose again, especially at home, because I'm so tired of it. I'm really so tired of it. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's good to win. It's good. To, it, you know what? What's the quote from the offense? Uh, what's Kevin say? It's just nice to win one. Like, I don't know, man. We definitely need this one. So good win today by the Hawks. Uh, some big things. Some big things. I think Hunter, he's came back, come back from his injury. I think he's that guy, Logan. Can we say that yet? Like, I, I don't I, It's only been, it's been less than five games, but I'm willing to buy all the way in on the Hunter stock. Like, I'm all the way back on the shove. Like, he's looked amazing in, like, some way in each of the games. Like, Nick's game, I'm honestly, like, considering throwing that game out as an outlier. Like, emotions were high. Kevin Knox joined the team for the first time. You know. Cam is out there giggling on the other team's bench. Oh, God. There was some truly deranged tweets about, like, people be like, oh, so now Cam's just going to laugh at us. I'm like, dog, he's bonding with his new teammates. Y'all got to chill out. Let that man live his life, you know. You can't get mad at him for laughing with his new teammates, but, you know, emotions were high that game, Logan. Everything was going on. So, look, what I'm trying to say is the Nick Cam was an outlier. I'm not counting it. So, in the three games since, uh, you know, Cam's been gone, hey, we've looked much improved. Hunter's looked like, like he's looked like a future all-star. Is that fair? Can I say that? Or is that too far? Far? I mean, you, you know, you're Jackson. This is what you do. You, I, you, I feel, you, you I feel confident. I feel confident in saying that Hunter will see at least one All Star game in his career. Yeah, I feel confident, especially like after like you can kind of see like which direction this team's going. Like I feel like Hunter's role and continue to grow, assuming he stays away from the injuries. Knock on wood, of course. I feel very confident when I say that DeAndre Hunter at some point within these, you know, next. Mm, four to six years will be an all-star at least once i'm confident about that and then at the very least he's like one of those guys where you're like oh why is he not in the all-star game like you know what i mean like he's one of those guys who's so consistent all the time you're like oh he never made an all-star game that's weird the only i mean there's a lot of good wings but look, hunter is him 
I mean, he's that guy. Look, with with the All Star game, you always have to have offense. You have to score twenty plus a game. That'll be the tough thing because we all know Hunter's defense is he's he's a very key defensive guy. I saw a tweet yesterday. I think it was. Um, basically Hunter, Okongu, and Capella, would you say that's sort of the cornerstone of our defense, basically? They they have played at exactly zero games together this year. Like none of they have not all three been healthy at the same time yet this year. So eventually that'll happen. Um but it's very clear. Hunter Hunter is, you know, not a surprise to anybody, but he's a very key defensive player for the Hawks. So it's good to have him back. The all star thing, it's gonna be tough, just sort of the talent in the league. But, you know, my, my days of doubting Andre Hunter are behind me. I, I, I saw what happened when I did it. I looked a fool. It's not happening again. I'm not doubting him again. <laughs> I can't, I can't be, I can't be that guy. I can't be the guy that, that is known for hating on DeAndre Hunter because it's, it's burned me in the past. And I'm not letting it happen again. Look, I just want to say. DeAndre Hunter, I, I I was wrong about. Like, whenever we drafted him, I was like, oh, no, terrible. Like, we traded up for him, Logan. I was like, you can't be sending, like, two first-round picks, a, a second. I was like, this is awful. Look, I just want to say I was wrong about that. Like, he's him. Like, I know, like, it may – like, there might be some, like, snippets of this that get sent back to me where people are like, oh, remember when you said DeAndre Hunter was, like, a, a future all-star? Look, I just want to say I'm willing to, I'm willing to go down with the ship on that one. Like I, I legitimately feel like he's gonna be that. For, yeah, I, I mean, you know, we'll within see. the next few years, I'm I'm confident, and I don't know, I don't want to overextend here. No, I need to see him in a bigger role. I I want to say a Kongu will too, but I need to see him like having more usage, playing a bigger role, like as a starter. Like I love a Kongu, but you know his role isn't big enough yet for me to start throwing out like the starter. I mean, the All Star game predictions yet. A Kongu is just one of those things, like. I think the lazy comp for him is Bam Adebayo. Um, Bam does a lot of unique things. He's a great passer as a center. Um, He's not much of a shooter, but he's just a very well-rounded guy. It's going to be tough for Okongwu to hit that level because that's sort of like the the floor for all-star level centers because, like, I don't think any of us expect Kongwu to be, like, Cat or Jokic or even Embiid. Excuse me, but... For him to be an all star, that's just a huge question mark because it, it's all it's all going to be about his offensive development. But you know, I, I can appreciate that we finally won, so you can so you can pendulum swing in the positive direction for once, Jackson. I'm glad you can overextend in in the good way instead of. Oh, well, I'm all the way back in. I even yeah. it, the game was the game wasn't even over yet. Like the Bucks weren't even cold on the ground yet. I was like, yo, I'm all the way back in. Playoffs here we come. It's the second half Hawks, man. I'm saying it. I'm all the way back in. I've seen we've, we have one win exactly. We have one win in a row now. Exactly. I'm I'm all the way back in. The second half of the season, Hawks. The first half of the season, the guys just don't get up for the games. And honestly, I can't blame them. There's sometimes where you know it's like October. It's like why is NBA basketball on right now? Like you got the MLB playoffs, you got football. It's like no, this is an NBA season. NBA season is a January thing, a.k.a. the second half of the season, after Christmas and when the second half officially starts for me. So the second half Hawks, this is a real thing, by the way. They they kind of just are like, okay, let's all, you know, get some stats, you know, like, you know, let's just say, you know, I just want to say, first half of the season Hawks, lottery team. Like, they're, they're, they're ping-pong watching. Second half of the season Hawks, however, I'm all the way back in. We're making the playoffs. And we didn't come to make the damn play-ins either. We're making the damn playoffs, Logan. So I just want to get that out there. When the Hawks make the playoffs later this year, 
I want everybody to remember that when when I told you this on January seventeenth. You, you you know you're nothing if not bashful, Jackson. You, <laughs> you know I'm I'm glad you're I'm glad you're optimistic. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I'm probably not going to join you on this ship quite yet, though. Probably not. See, see here here's the thing, Logan, is that like one of us has to has to say what we're both thinking. Like I know I know deep down you were watching the game. You're like, oh look at that look at that Trey Young three to put us up by five. I'm all the way back in. We're making the playoffs. But you you know you gotta you gotta keep it level. You know. I'll be the one who says it. I think we're making the playoffs. I'm all the way back in. Maybe a few moves at the deadline, and maybe we're a contender. Oh, imagine if we can flip Bogey in the Charlotte pick for something that's actually useful. Oh. Bogey in the Charlotte pick for like, oh, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know. That salary is weird. Um, I mean, we, I, I think we, we can get you... into the trades later. That's yeah, no, 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 no. Look, I, I don't even want to talk about trading some of our players. You know, a lot of them they can still get it just because you know, <laughs> you know. You know how it goes, Logan. One win does not absolve you from the trade machine, goddammit. Um, anyways, we need to talk about the Cam Reddish thing, because you wanted to talk about that for a few days now. Weird pivot, but there's no way to pivot elsewhere. I just needed to get this off my chest. We recorded the Cam Reddish episode, the trade episode, after the report came out about the details of the trade, but before the Kirshner and the Schlanken uh, McMillan interviews that basically indicated, yeah, Cam Reddish... In the offseason, he asked out. He wanted to get a bigger role elsewhere. He he did it professionally, you know, and and once we got uh, an offer that we felt was fair compensation, we pulled the trigger. We did, That information was not fully clear to us when we recorded, um, so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, surprise, surprise, Logan's going to um, go against the grain and have an anti-camera stance. What a shock. <laughs> but, um, look, I wish Cam well. He seemed to have done it, you know, quote as like like a pro or whatever. Um, let's be honest, Travis Slank is just one of one of the good guys in the league. He bends over backwards to appease people. Um, he's just a good guy. That's how he plays ball. He he tries to get in people's good graces because he knows, you know, that's that's just better for business, right? I think this is part of that. Um, I'm sure they're being nice. I personally, um, I don't like the sort of rhetoric that. Cam Reddish was wronged by the organization in any way. Uh, I saw some tweets about that even after the Kirshner article came out, sort of saying, you know, the the organization still did him wrong. He never got proper opportunity. Um, you know, I think I saw something that was basically saying, like, excuse me, they, they knew he was trade bait, and so they sort of manipulated the playing time in such a way to, to make sure he could be traded. The way I see it, man... Here's here's my bottom line, right? <clears throat> Kevin Herter won us a Game 7. He won us a playoff series. He's the reason why we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. He did not, right after that playoff series, go to Schlenk and say, hey, it's clear to me, it's clear to everyone, I can have a bigger role, I can be an absolute starter somewhere, and I want to be paid as such. Please trade me somewhere I have more opportunity. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He won us a playoff series. He he went off in a game seven. Cam Reddish had a couple good games in a playoff series. Admittedly, he was very solid in that Brook in that um, series against the Bucks, which is impressive considering he hadn't played for months. Right? He, you know, he hits a couple threes in the ultimate last game of the season that we lose, and he <laughs> immediately goes to Slank and is like, "Look, man, I think I can be a star. Please trade me." 
I'm sorry, you, he, him or his agents or whoever, they're not grounded in reality. They just aren't. He, it, it was, in my opinion, it was a little bit of an ego sort of play. Cam Reddish has been gassed up for a long time. Ever since he's been in high school, he's been gassed up. That's the damn truth. And I think this is more of that. I wish him well. But it was objectively, it was a little bit selfish on Cam's part. He's gotten 25 minutes a game over his career at the Hawks. He got his opportunity to show he could be a star. He hasn't shown it consistently yet. It's fair that he wants to go elsewhere. It's fair that we traded him. I don't think the organization did anything wrong. I think Cam Reddish was kind of being a little bit selfish. And it's okay to be selfish. I'm not blaming him for being selfish, but I'm just saying he was a little bit selfish. Like, let's be real here. He put Cam in front of the team, and that's okay. I'm sure if I was in a situation, I'd probably want to go chase the most money I could. I'm not, like, trying to, you know, say it's an awful thing. I'm not trying to say he's an awful guy. I'm just saying how I feel. I think Cam put himself first. Um, Kevin Herter, John Collins, these guys sacrificed touches um, for the good of the team, and they still got paid. Cam Reddish didn't want to sacrifice touches. He didn't want to sacrifice his role because he wants to get paid. And I just feel like it was silly because he should have seen two guys get paid because they were willing to um, recognize what their best role would be. Um, And personally, one last thing and I'll be done because I know this rant's getting a little long. Personally... I'm not sure it was great advice he got from his agents because I still don't see how his next contract is big anyway, right? Like he's 60%, 70% of the way through his rookie deal. He, If he is instantly his first game that he plays as a Nick, a star, and he does it for the next year and a half, only then would he get the big fat contract. He should have, in my opinion, it would have been best for him to accept his role as a 3 and D guy in the Hawks Accept his second contract to be four years, you know, a Kevin Herter type contract because he would get that as because he can be a very good three and D player right now, right now. He would get a Kevin Herter type contract. He could take a bridge contract if he wanted to, and then focus on his third contract being the big one, the near max, the I'm a superstar contract. But he wanted to skip steps. That's the way I see. It. He wanted to skip steps, and I wish him well. If it pays off, then I'm going to look like a fool and I'm okay with that. But I think he skips steps. And I think I think if anyone wants to blame anybody for the camera Reddish trade, it's, you should blame Cam. It's simple as that. But, you know, wish you well, Cam. Love you while you're here. Love-hate relationship, I guess. Maybe not hate, but love-frustration uh, situation there. Uh, we'll miss you, buddy. Don't do too good in the Knicks because I hate the Knicks. But, you know, that's it. Hopefully... Hopefully, I, I hardly ever talk about Cam Reddish against because I don't want to be rude. I, I, I don't want to, like, aggravate the, anyone that listens because if there's one thing about Hawks and, and Georgia fans, Atlanta fans, and, uh, you know, in general, they're very supportive of the guys, of their players. So I don't want to, I don't want, you know, pitchforks and, and tiki torches coming after me for being anti-Cam Reddish. But that's my thought process. You talk now, Jackson. I've been talking for way too long. Okay, hold on. I just want to talk about one of the first things that you said. It was like at the beginning of this. Um, you said that Cam Reddish did things like, you know, in regard to a trade request and everything. He did it professionally. I was unaware that uh, quitting on your team could be done professionally, but okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to admit that, but at the end of the day, like, I'm going to be honest. 
Cam had a role here. It was a pretty clear role. And the funny thing is, you look at what Cam was good at this year. It was playing his role as being a 3 and D catch and shoot guy. I saw somewhere today. I was actually in a discussion with a few Knicks fans. All right. They were like, yo, I know how we met Cam a star. And like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just watching. Like, I'm just peeping. I'm peeping the action. I'm peeping what they're talking about. You know, obviously when a new player, I mean, you have Hawks fans who think that's Kevin Knox. I don't know if you saw that tweet, Logan. Somebody's like, he's going to be, uh, better than he's going to be like better than John and Clint. He's going to be like the third or fourth best player on the team. Like think about that for a second. They said that about Kevin Knox would be better than like John Collins. That's insane. But like Nick Sands are going to do that. Cam, they're like, all right, here's what we do. We stop Cam shooting the pull-up threes. I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, I could see that. You know, he. I mean, I think we, me, you, and Edub, we did that live together or that uh, Twitter space where we just talked about how Cam, like, the pull-up Hezzy Jimbo threes were awful. Like everything about them was awful. You see him shooting those, you're like, oh, it's gonna be one of those nights. That's that's not gonna happen. It's like, and, and the worst thing is, even if you get Cam to stop shooting the pull-up threes, you still run into the next biggest analytical issue from Cam Reddish's game. And I'm gonna say it, Logan, the cursed-ass mid-ranges. So, so basically, if you want Cam to be good, he has to play like a 3 and D role catch-and-shoot player. And Logan, he didn't go to New York to play that for RJ, all right? He didn't go to say, all right, RJ, I'm going to go stand in the corner, run, make some plays off-ball, run off-ball, maybe get open for a catch-and-shoot three. He went there to be a star. I just want to say... I wish Cam well, just like you do, Logan. I wish him the very best. I don't, and you know, I don't hate on players. You know, I was a very big Cam fan as a. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed, and that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app, or visit eBayMotors.com. Let's ride prospect as a player i supported him i still support him i wish him nothing but the best but look i don't know man i don't think i i i think by now and i think you said this in the last podcast by now you kind of have to show something that like oh i'm gonna be one of the guys like yeah there's been guys who have broken out and you know they've become like top 25 top like 35 players but if you're gonna be like a top 15 top yeah a top 15 guy like when i think that's what cam and like if when you're on the third year of your contract and you're like asking for a trade, you better like either hope oh, yeah. that like I I've been touching that. Do we it's ridiculous for a third year player to ask for a trade. I'm sorry. It just is. He has not shown he does not he hasn't earned the right to ask for a trade. I'm sorry. He hasn't. He is no. excuse me. He is the anti Dame Lillard. He ran from the grind. There is no way to put it other than that. <laughs> you boys is chumps. Um, it's funny because like a lot of times, uh, remember Tyler Tyler Dorsey? For, for, I think that was Schlink's first year with Trey. Um, Tyler Dorsey was like a second round guy. I think he was in like the second year with the Hawks. He actually asked for a trade, but he was like, "Oh, I just need to audition for my next role because like it was obvious that he wasn't going to be in the NBA." You know, so he mm. just needed like eyes on him. He went to like a very, very, very bad. Nick, I mean, Grizzlies team that win and got jaw. So, I mean, obviously they're very high in the lottery. Look, I just want to say, by now your third year, Logan, you touched on this last episode, you kind of got to show something at the very least that's like, I'm going to be a top 15 guy. Like, I'm not going to be a guy who's like, might be top 15 or, or is he top 15? Like, you got to, you know, you got to solidify yourself as a top 10, a top 10, 15, 25, top 15, 20 guy. Cam never did that. And for him to kind of ask for a trade, it's like, look, you already have people plotting out your role and how they can utilize you best. And a lot of that comes from like you playing like 
Danny Green. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not saying that as a slight. Like, Danny Green was a, an amazing role player. He's won multiple championships now. I think he's at, like, three or four rings between the Spurs and uh, that year with the Raptors. No, and the Lakers. So, yeah. Like, think about that. And, and for Cam to just, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like his game needed more development. And, you know, obviously, Nate, and his game needed development from, like, a stance of, like, okay, playing in actual NBA games, not, like, you know, the development that we're doing with Shreve and Jalen, which is like play some G League games, playing the last guards. Like he needed the NBA time to, you know, figure that out. Look, I wish him all the best in New York. I don't see it happening anymore. Like maybe that's just me being salty. Call it whatever you want to. I've been told that a lot recently that somebody actually listened to our last episode, Logan. It was a Knicks fan. They said that me and you were just salty. <laughs> Don't know if you saw that, but I saw that I mean, and I was like, well, I mean, okay, all right, fair. Thanks, fair. thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, bozo. That's four cents in our pocket, Dave. <laughs> thanks, um, thanks to the camp fan for paying my bills. Um, look, I maybe it is salty. I, I don't think. Look, I, I admire Cam's confidence and desire to be a star, um, but at some point, I just think you should be grounded in reality. Let's be honest, Cam has not been particularly good anywhere he's been since high school. At Duke, you know, there are a lot of excuses made for him. At least he's not in the right role. He's not in the blah, blah, blah. On the Hawks, he showed flashes, but I don't think anyone can objectively call him a good player um, on the whole because he just kind of wasn't. Um, everyone loved him as a project, and, and including me for about two years there. But, you know, at some point you got to show something. Um, I think Hawks fans... I think it's best if we all realize that he was not a golden ticket. He was a lottery ticket. He was and still is a, a shot in the dark. But, you know, I, I hope I don't sound like bitter. I'm not bitter. Um, I, I, I've come to be fine with the trade. Obviously, the, the, the pick is not, you know, it's not. it wasn't a great asset trade. Um, like, let's be real. It, it wasn't. Um, but Schlank did say, sort of confirm something you had said, Jackson. Um, not, you know, 29 other teams may not want Cam Reddish, but 29 other teams will always want a first round pick. And and that is what you said about the trade. And that is what Schlenk said about the trade. So a point for Jackson, he pretty much called that one. I don't, ex- uh, and I think Schlenk said like his team of analysts predicted there's like a 90% chance the pick conveys over the next four years. We just need the Hornets to make the playoffs at some point over the next four years which or, Lamelle, or we just trade the pick and we never have to worry about what the hornets yeah, do which, which is probably which probably what happens but you know with Lamelo, bridges hayward their group of young guys i'd be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs because if they don't make the playoffs in the next four somebody's years somebody's getting fired we can look forward to a Lamelo ball trade baby but yeah so i just wanted to talk more about the cam stuff i get hawks fans love this guy i get it um, I think there's a little bit too much sympathy for him in that he's not a victim. He's just, he's not like the only person I would say that maybe wronged him in the Hawks org was Lloyd Pierce. Cause apparently he was kind of an asshole. He camp, bullied him, <laughs> which is not a great way to coach, at least in my personal experience or opinion, opinion and experience. Um, but you know, he's not a victim. He's, he's a grown man. Him and his agents wanted to chase the hustle. Um, just to be, you know, on the bench in New York as well. Um, I think Schlenk kind of knew what he was doing there a little bit, but it is what it is. Hopefully Cam never has a good game against us because I, I do want to beat the Knicks every time we play him. But, you know, it'd be great if he, if he, uh, you know, if he figured it out and, and got paid because end of the day, I'm happy to see these guys get paid. Cam's a good guy um, from everything I can see. I just think this was a, 
a weird decision on his part to ask out, and you know, especially in the off season, he didn't ask out in November or something when TLC got more minutes than which people complain about blaming TLC. He asked for it in the off season right after we made the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was clear he had a role on an Eastern Conference Finals team. He wanted out, so you know. Best of luck, Cam. But I, yeah, I, no, that, that's insane we, to me. Weird decision. All right, hopefully that's the last time like we ever have to discuss Cam Reddish. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of over it. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of over it at this point. It's kind of like the John Collins like contract talks. I'm. I, it was fun while it lasted. Definitely helped us, you know, get some podcast listens. But um, <laughs> I'm glad to be over it. Anyways, some other stuff we need to talk about. Did you see the Windhurst rumor? It came out at like 1 a.m., which is crazy, but that's what Twitter Spacing does to people. You have reporters on Twitter Spacing giving out sources and leaks at, at 1 a.m. Eastern in the morning. But uh, I don't know if, if you saw it, Logan. I don't know if anybody else saw it. It's pretty quiet. You know, Windhurst didn't directly tweet it. He said that the Hawks in the past like week have offered, I think it was half of their team for Ben Simmons in like multiple scenario deals. So where I'm, where do you stand at the um Ben Simmons thinks I'm starting to get to the point where I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you saw that report today that was like Ben Simmons and his agents here are willing to, you know, sit out the rest of the year. I'm starting to think a Ben Simmons trade doesn't get done at all. Like, and I'm starting to get worried because I, I kind of feel like that was like the guy that we were going after. Like, it makes so much sense. Like Ben Simmons is like an all-star every year. You know, he's, you know, the fit with Trey, it's so, so perfect. Just like Ben's a, a guy who can take some of the ball handling duties away, playmaking duties, but he's also a great defender. But it's, it- it all it all comes down to Ben Simmons' mentality because if he can accept that he is not the the ball handler, if he can accept that he's like a big a pick and roll sort of not maybe not pick and roll but maybe a roll man occasionally a big that has a great handle and good passing and not that he's a point guard, then great. Um, I, I I I'm sure I've made fun of Ben Simmons on this very podcast probably you know forty fifty episodes ago, but. Um, there's no denying he would help a lot of the weaknesses on this team. I think a big trade would be fun because me personally, even with this great win tonight, I'm I'm really over a lot of the players on this team. Bogey, I, I you know maybe maybe you blame injuries, maybe it's because of the knee issues, but he's just not the same guy. Gallo is inconsistent. You know Capella, a lot of these guys. It's just I have no attachment to them. If there were three guys, I would say you absolutely have to keep. Absolutely, like have to keep would be um, Trey, obviously, and then at at that point you're kind of crossing like cutting hairs between Hunter, Okongu, and and John. But um, I would probably leave John out of that just because he's the one that's already gotten paid. But you know, it's it's tough. I don't think a big trade gets made again, but I definitely do think that we make one or two significant trades significant being it it involves like a rotation player like maybe gallo or somebody but yeah i don't think ben simmons is being traded until the offseason at this point i don't know why i don't know why daryl morey is is willing to throw away this season because the 76ers are pretty good but if they could get a big trade package for ben they'd be better there's nothing like playing hardball at the expense of Joel Embiid, who, like, we had this conversation last offseason where we were like, Joel Embiid, like, kind of strikes me, Logan, as a guy who, like, you could see going down with, like, another injury, like, another knee injury, and you're straight up thinking, like, is Joel Embiid one of the worst contracts in the league? And before you before you look at that, think about this. Centers obviously rely a lot more on physical stuff. Like, that kind of happened to Westbrook and John Wall, like, where they had the ACL tear and they were just, like, 
never the same again. Obviously, the two guys relied a lot more on their athleticism and speed and, you know, quickness and stuff like that. But, like, at, you know, it's kind of stupid to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to play hardball with Ben Simmons. But you're not doing it at the expense of, like, young guys who need minutes. Like, you're doing it at the expense of, a, of an MVP candidate who, like, at at the very, like, in five years, Embiid's not going to be at this level anymore. Can we agree on that? Is that, like, a hot take? I don't think it is at all. I'd be shocked. In, like, three years, I think he starts declining. And that's like, and that's like assuming like he doesn't get injured. And like obviously with a guy his size, with a guy with his injury history, you can't sit here and project things without injuries. Like it's it's gonna it's it's it, I don't think and you know, knock on wood, like I want him to be healthy. I actually like him be like outside of like, you know, his stuff against Hawks and stuff. Like I think he's very fun to watch. I'm not preying on his downfall, but at the same time, I'm not gonna sit here and act like Embiid. I feel like it's a matter of when he gets injured, not if. Like, there's going to be that injury that he's just never the same after, and like you're, and it could happen like next year. And you spent an entire year of his prime. I'd say he's in a prime now, just just dicking around with Ben Simmons. Like, oh, we're not going to get you know, um, we're not going to get our strong arm by Ben Simmons and Clutch. And it's funny because one of the better players in the team, Tyrese Maxey. He's literally represented by Clutch. So you're just ruining relationships, being petty. Like, not only are you ruining your, your, you're ruining things with Embiid by basically being like, oh, yeah, we're not, we're, we don't care. Like, we're going to play hardball. Like, there's no way, no way in my mind this, that the Sixers haven't at least, haven't received at least five or six offers that legitimately would make their team so much better for this year to like win a title. So I don't get it at all, but I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think, Logan. I'm trying to lose hope. I don't think a Ben Simmons trade happens, and simply not because of the asset being offered, like because you know Schlink's being stingy. I, I, th- I think it's because I think Daryl Morey's just a bit of a dick. Like, I don't know, man. It's weird. So that's why I'm officially pivoting back to Brandon Ingram. Oh, brother. That yeah, we're back to this. Oh God. Even though there hasn't been any smoke about him being traded, so I'm trying to wonder, like, is that even in their plans? Like, is that going to happen at all? I'm sure they want to wait till Zion ever. I, I think Zion's played his last game in a Pelican jersey. I don't think he ever plays for them again. That's a little bit bold. I, but is it really though? Like, there's a, like where there's smoke, there's fire. Like we've already heard all this stuff, like how him and his family hate New Orleans. You know, they they don't like the coaches, they don't like the GM. I think the GM was the big one, and he's still their GM. Like Steve Van Gundy, but like David Griffin is their GM, who apparently like Zion and his family don't like, is still there. You know, that team's that team's pretty bad. Like they're going to be another lottery team this year. It looks like they're going to be drafting another Duke power forward in Paulo Boncaro. So I'm I'm trying to think about it like. At what point are the Pelicans like before they gets out of hand and we're strong armed by another trade request or like Zion just, just like I, never I, I plays truly, again? I, tr- I truly want you to answer. What does Ben Simmons solve? You just talked about how Hunter is that guy. Does he not take minutes from Hunter? Does he not take Hunter's role? Is he not a bogey level bad defender? Wait, like, did I you just, say I, you said Simmons? By the way, I don't think you said Ingram. I meant Ingram. Is, okay, is, is he is he is he not? Well, I Ingram instantly think. becomes your second option scoring. I, I get that, but like our you offense isn't the him. issue. Our offense isn't the issue. Uh, that's fair, but also like you can't say our offense can't be improved. Like you, I don't want us to sit here and act like this is last year where we have like this great offense because we definitely don't. We also, you know, Brandon Ingram gets hated on him for like his stats in the clutch. Like in Italy, they're pretty bad. We needed another guy, another guy besides Trey. Like Trey's the only one I feel confident about saying this to. Like, hey, go get us a bucket right here. Like I'm not giving the ball to Hunter. I'm not giving the ball to Gallo. I'm not giving the ball to JC Hurt or any of them. Like you add um, Brandon Ingram to the fold, and he he becomes one of those guys. And you know, the more of the guys that you have, the better of a team you are. And like at the day, maybe he's just a bucket getter, but what's the issue with that? The man can score. 
hey, I'm just saying. I, I think at some point, if you want to improve this team, you know, put like these high quality, high level play, players next to Trey. I think Brandon Ingram's one of them. And you know what? Maybe his defense is just so bad because who wants to play defense in New Orleans? Like, hey, he's already gotten paid. There's no reason for him to try anymore. Like, as much as, and, yeah, it's kind of messed up. But like, if you're Brandon Ingram, you're not diving for loose balls. You're not giving 100% on defense every night when you're the sixth worst team in the league staring at the lottery. You're waiting on some guy who apparently this hates the GM, like hates the city. Me, I mean, it is, admittedly. But also, this is a lot better than, you know, the, the Gary Harris fans. Well, yeah, Gary Harris is just a, you know... Bad player. Send the OKC fake pick for Gary Harris or something. Or uh, what, if, what's that guy? That. What's, what's that guy um, on the Thunder? Kenrich Williams? Kenrich Williams? Oh, yeah. Kenny, uh, Kenny Hustle. He was... They were talking about, Kenny like, uh, Kenny Hustle in two seconds for Cam, which apparently, now that we know, might not have been the worst trade. <laughs> I mean, like, I like a first, but, I mean... Look, maybe maybe Kevin Knox is that guy. Who knows? But um, and I guess what we haven't seen Knox play yet, have we? Didn't he didn't play tonight, did he? No, he's probably not going to play. He's just not good. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> did you see his family was like, we're very excited for Kevin. I think it was Kevin Knox's dad. He's like, we're very excited for him to play with like an elite point guard, a very respected veteran coach, and a boy, dynamic boy, offense. Boy, and it's like, boy, it's like, boy, yo, Kevin Knox ain't Darren playing. <laughs> well, you're gonna be playing with <laughs> not Darren Williams, Delon Wright. How the hell did I say Darren? Anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's, you know, I, pr- I can, you know, I like the confidence uh, to the Knox family, but not going to happen. <laughs> I, I promise, Jackson, we will we'll have a trade episode soon. But I'm please, itching. please keep the Ingram section on it short. I, I just oh. I can't stand it. No, I, I, I already have, I have an Ingram trade, like, drawn up. That's the one I would do. And I, I w- I've decided I wouldn't go any further than that. That's like... I, I look at it every day. I say, I'm not going further than this, no matter what. Like, there comes a cutoff point where I think you're giving up too much for someone, and I have it with Ingram. I have the trade at maximum what I would give figured out, and I'm ready to talk to us, talk to you about it. But trade special. That's coming soon. The trade deadline's in less than a month. It's like in like three or four weeks away. Yep, it's pretty darn soon. So we'll see. The, the trade episode will come. I'll, just for you, Jackson. I, I know that's here. You know, you're, you want to make some. More crimes in the trade machine, and oh, you deserve. And you know, you do a lot for the pod, so you deserve to be able to do that. Yeah, no, so. thank you. Th- I appreciate that. Maybe, maybe we can get Kyle back on the podcast. You know, get me and Kyle back in the trade machine together. Oh, he, Lord. he was the original. He was the original war uh, war crime in the trade machine guy. That's and it, guy. it's messed up because like he's made like one Hulk related tweet in like the last like three months. And I'm like, damn, like that. That's my guy right there. Like that's my guy for trades. But yeah, look. How, how do you feel about Nate McMillan? What's your status on him? I've seen a lot of... I think I think the, uh, the pendulum swung on him, Logan. I think a lot of people are starting to... This isn't really a good time to talk about this because, you know, we just, you know, won a game. But before that, I was... If you follow Hawks fan on TV on Twitter, he's probably like the biggest, like, Hawks, like, fan page there is. He tweeted out something about McMillan that was getting, like, a lot of attention. So I, I'm trying to ask, Logan, where are you at with McMillan? I mean, look, when, when a team is bad, the coach is the first one that gets the... They're the first scapegoat. He... Could probably do a better job. We'll see what happens the rest of the year. You know, I could see definitely see a possibility where he gets maybe let go. Maybe they try and make it seem like he resigned or retires um, instead of firing. Because you know, if if you if you have back to back coaches that like get fired in about a year and a half span, it doesn't look great. But you know, cool down. He, you know, cool down. It's it's 
you know, I don't think Schlenk is going to pull the trigger that fast. I, I think people are overreacting a bit. I'd blame the players before Nate for the past month's performance, but, you know, the coach is always a scapegoat. Yeah, no, that's fair. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to like, I said this after the Heat game, and you know, that Heat game, like Trey had that awful turnover. He just like loses the ball in the clutch again. Herter had that awful, awful inbound play. I'm like, yo, like, Firing Nate is going to make the players not do dumb stuff, like, magically. Yep. Pretty so, much. that's where I'm... I mean, obviously, Nate... I feel like everybody on this team can do better, though. Like, not only does that apply to Nate, like, that applies to everybody. Like, even Trey can step it up and go into, like, a better and more more effective level than what he's at. And, like... He's, he, he, he's been he's been pretty bad in the clutch, especially by his, his standards. So. Which is crazy, because he was never like this. Like, he's basically been, like, the clutch god since he got to Atlanta. Yeah, it, it's been unfortunate, but, you know, it, it's been a weird season. I, you know, it happens. We'll see. We'll see how it progresses. All right, Logan, let me ask it. you this. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about on today's podcast, unless you have anything. How do you feel about trading Kevin Herter, possibly? I mean, you know, I, 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 I you can trade anyone and, and I'm, you know, besides Trey, I'm not really gonna freak out about it too bad. But he's a solid player on a pretty solid contract. You know, get get an, package him for an actual really good player. Don't just, you know, that that's my stance. I don't. I feel like there's absolutely no Kevin Herter trade smoke. <laughs> no, I don't feel like there is either. But like, I'm watching like the Hawks, and like I consider three of the guys on this team are like, hey, I'm not trading you at any cost. That's Trey Hunter and Akongwu. That like, would be my my top three because like I know people want to say John Collins, but ultimately if you want to get it, you know, I don't want to, but I can see a world where they do it just because, you know, salary and and you have to give them, you know, if you trade for good players, you typically have to give them a good player. And let's be honest, Bogey's trade value is plummeting. Gallows, it's in the tank, really, you know. So it's, it's Bogey's on fraud watch. Yeah, so we'll have to see, but. Here's my thing with John. Like last week, I think I said that exact thing. I just replaced the players. I think last night was like Trey, John, Akongwu. Look, I'm starting to get worried that like John might. I think John, like we obviously know how like open Schilling is with the media. Apparently, like the Cam Reddish stuff before he got traded, 1.5 years. You know, I'm just saying, man. Like where there's fire, where there's smoke, there's typically fire. At. Like I don't know. I kind of feel like John's a bit more expendable than like what I think he is. Like what a lot of Hawks fans think he is. So I'm trying to look at like maybe he's not one of those three guys. Who I'm like, yeah, we can't trade them. I don't know. It's it's a tough situation. I I personally, I don't think you can trade Hunter unless you get a Hunter type guy like back. You know, like you'd have to get a very good defensive wing that has better offense than Hunter, which at that point, why not just keep Hunter? At that point, you're looking at like Paul George. And and, and Kongu, come on, I don't want to trade him. Look at the potential. Come on, it's real potential. I'm like, Cam, he's he's already good. Well, Kongu's actually like effective and like performs well and is consistent. Like I always know what I'm going to get out of Kongu at the very least. Like with Cam, the, the floor was not the floor by any means. Like, oh my God. But... Yeah. With a Kongu, so, like at the very minimum, I know I'm going to get like good defense. Maybe he like messes up a few times around the rim, even though he's great touch. His touch really like you see a Kongu's touch compared to Capella, and you're honestly ready to put Capella in the trade machine right then and there. Been ready, been ready. <laughs> I know you have. Look, it's that's, that's going to happen in the off season. That's that's a legit prediction. You I think, think so? Uh, 
I think Okongu is going to prove himself to be the guy. What do so. What do you think we get for Capella? Like, be honest. Like, no, don't uh, don't overextend say, here. Let's save this for the trade episode because I, I haven't okay. thought about it at all. Okay, well, no you need idea. to think about it. Um, do you have anything else you need to talk about the Hawks today, Logan? Hey, man, we 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 got a new logo. Yeah, you, no, that's y'all, big. Y'all let us know if you like it. Uh, we worked hard, and by that I mean we outsourced and we paid somebody <laughs> to make a logo for us real quick. We, and, you know, I think it's nice. Got some Hawks colors in it, but I don't think it's uh, – it, it has more effort in it than our original logos did. No, it definitely does. It. Also, it I looks, just want to say – It really looks like a podcast logo, I will say. You know, it yeah, has we, podcast vibes. Our old one kind of looked like like a, like a wallpaper for like a website type thing. But our new one, I just want to say quick shout out and thank you to my brother. He put in work on Photoshop for us. That's my guy. So thank you, Darian, if you're listening. I wish you yep. better be. So, yeah, I mean, let us know if you guys like the – like the logo, I, I mean, I think they're pretty sick. Um, as always, you can check out, check us out on Twitter, check us out on Patreon, all the good stuff. All the links will be in the description. If you know, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, give us a nice rating. That'd be great. Five stars, uh, five stars, baby. Get, you can, you know, interact with us. We appreciate it. We always look forward to it. So, yep, that, that's that's my spiel. Oh wait, one last thing, Logan. We do need to say. You're not going to be on, like, maybe the next episode. Like, I'll probably release one episode while you're not here. You're going on vacation. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so. Want to give the fans a quick, uh, quick let's little say update. Tuesday, the, what is it, the 18th? Tuesday yes, will be? tomorrow's the 18th. To, to, let's say, Saturday or Sunday, the uh, 23rd, 24th, I'll, or like, 22nd, 23rd, I'll be out of commission. Jackson will be holding down the fort. But, you know, y'all can look forward to, to whatever Jackson's got up his sleeve. I won't be here. I'm going on vacation. You know, let me enjoy my vacation, damn it. <laughs> I'll probably do something. I'm not sure if I'm going to solo pod or if I'm going to find somebody, but I'm going to do something while you're gone. But yeah, just wanted to give everybody that update. You know, Logan, I hate to say it. You're kind of the star around here. So like, I need to update people when you're not going to be here. I, th- I feel like that's not true, but you know, I- I'll I'll take the ego. Uh, just, ego just, just take the compliment, damn it. Sure. All right. Anyways, thank you all for listening. We hope you have a good start to your week. Uh, hope you enjoyed this three-day weekend. And, yeah, the Hawks finally won. That's something to be excited about as we all start this work week back. So, as always, thank you for listening. Be sure to listen to everything Logan said. Be sure to check out all the links in the description. Thank you for listening. Love you. Goodbye. At Vanguard, this is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined, and Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions, to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.